Hello, this is Deb from Deb's Data Dojo, part of the Calling All Beings podcast network. Today I'm speaking to Anthony Ross Kennedy. Anthony is a retired Army captain, Navy veteran, licensed social worker, and a member of the UFO community. He's an advocate for UAP disclosure, and he's been attending UFO conferences. I actually found out about Anthony because I saw him at the first conference I ever went to in New York. So welcome to the dojo, Anthony. Yes. Uh, Isn't it interesting? Because that was like um, kind of really my very first like UFO, like real big thing. Like, whoa, there was a lot of people there. So it was just fun. It was really neat, wasn't it? (laughs) It was it was interesting. I actually um, was told about you because the fact that you were a social worker and what what was interesting to me is that when i saw you even though like you were kind of talking to other people and at the other end of the table afterwards i was like i recognize you and i don't know why did you have that feeling too like you recognize some people mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i did yeah totally um it was uh, so weird <laughs> i think it felt um a feeling uh, something strange, like, holy cow, I'm, I'm with people I feel safe with right now. It, for me, it was, I was feeling, um, something I haven't felt in, in, in a long time. So it, it was really comforting for myself. Right. It's an, it's just like a, a sigh of fresh, you know, it's like a breath of fresh air, a sigh of relief to just be around these people that you can talk to about anything related to this. And, and there's not really that level of judgment that you get in the everyday, right? Right. And um, yeah, and and obviously, in order for any of us to get to, to where we are anyways, we had to be some, something had to open us up anyways. Like we had to be some sort of open-minded, but then we, we get with other open-minded and uh, there's probably some really good energy with that. Like, you know, you get like, well, wait, what was that? And then if you get a, well, wait, what was that? And you get a whole bunch of them, man, you got some, like what we learned about there, this scientist is made a data scientist. It's going to take like a well, wait, and we'll put them all together. And then we'll like, okay, they're purple. They're 76% of them are purple. Okay. And then we'll know that, you know, because we'll get enough data. And so I think the scientific community just getting excited about this is just so neat. And, um, you know, from, from a past therapist type perspective, you know, I had clients that talked about just crazy stuff and now I'm like, bring them on. Like, I want to hear these stories and I want to listen to them with a little more detail, maybe, you know, and maybe, maybe relook like what you're doing with the mythology and stuff. And like, oh, wow. It seems like these outliers, these, mm, people that are a little bit different in their um, in their communities throughout contextual human history, it seems like they were like honored. <laughs> and it seems like well, they were like the, the off ones, you know? And I'm like, whoa, yeah. whoa, this is weird. Actually, you know what? That's true. In many, many cultures, the most religious figure was the most, you know, honored. Like look at the popes, right? They, they mm-hmm. build a city for them. Uh, look at yogis. Like I've said several times, I would have liked to have been one. You know, look at the monks. They had temples built for them. You know, yeah. And, and that's just some examples. So, whoever had like 
the spiritual lead or the desire for enlightenment tended to get almost worshiped themselves and oh yeah oracles ah look at the yeah. oracles yes oh back yes. in Delphi, Delphi. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I wish I wish that we were still in that place because I, I would like to just go meditate all day and have people bring me food. Yeah. And it seems like that's what we're um, maybe moving to. So maybe that's what we're moving to right now. I don't know. Um, it seems like maybe if we um, it seems like if we keep a, a, an open mind enough that uh we're gonna tap into something that's universal i that it, in in my in my journey i have already just like wait the, the lakota civilization they lived a lot like these periods of mott with the with the um with the egyptians and so i believe that like there's some sort of universal there has to be some sort of universal peaceful periods just if there's like universal periods of civil unrest and mm -hmm. i i don't know if you've noticed but it seems like a lot of this has um has started to uh it's around some sort of like uh astrological alignments and and stuff and, I, and i'm like i've never studied any of this stuff but holy cow are you serious like there's just some some stuff that happens on cycles and it's just like well that's strange but then you keep reading and you find out about um geology and that geology is kind of overlays with some of that stuff so it's really hard for like people like you and me who are just trying to figure things out maybe and maybe there's like really super intelligent teams of scientists behind on the back doors of um, intelligence agencies who have already gone down the rabbit hole and just know the answer. And, and just because of maybe our time in history with like the World Wide web, we can like, we can really connect and see universal truth. We can really yeah. um, find other libraries. I don't know if you're doing that too. I find libraries and other languages and blows my mind. Yeah. Well, I definitely on the UFO connector have gone down the path of other countries um, and what they have. And, you know, of course this topic touches on a lot of different things and lots of aspects of humanity. Um, but what I find really interesting is how many times I find parallels. Like, you know, Carl Jung talked about a collective consciousness and then you know, I think like the internet is sort of become like a technological version of that. And to some extent, it's, it seems like our own technology is like becoming a parallel to the UFO technology. So I feel like there's a lot of um, repeating or following of something like a blueprint. Yes. And maybe... Yeah, maybe there's some things we don't understand that's part of that, like the other non-human intelligence may understand better that has to do with things like you know polarization of the planet and you know things like that 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 are you know in cycles so another thing i've, I've thought about is that wave function is a huge part of this and 
so if there's like a geomagnetic shift on the planet, that would be something that a, an entity that has a lot of understanding of wave function would really notice. It yes. would be like, like, like the planet waving at them. <laughs> right. Right. So. Right. All right. I think that's kind of like everything that, um, it seems like when you read like some of the hidden texts that talk about their hidden texts and they talk about why they're hidden and why they'll be unhidden when they are within the text. And it's like, whoa, that's kind of strange. But then we're talking like, we're talking about technology stuff. We're talking like things that I've seen in the sky. So, um, and, and other people have seen in the sky now. And so, so then, then you start trying to figure for me, I started out just on like, what is our government, um, studying? And I, because I didn't have a lifetime of like, conspiracy theory or whatever um i i just looked at everything and i just started looking in all the databases and what i end up finding is like every every presidential library every um every database i could tap into even the department of energy everything just has ufo stuff in it from like really super intelligent and then i just i just go in the document and i google their name and i find out oh that's a retired two-star general and he was the deputy chief of this and had this security you know and i know this because i did security clearances in the military and i'm like this is freaking so i very early on i don't know how i did it i just stumbled on to like where i believe like the gnosis of the of the unfolding is happening, you know, with the people that we went to see in New York and, and to understand that like, that's really attached to like whatever Tom DeLong's doing, you know? And then, Oh, by the way, there's this, there's this man in North Carolina that has so many indigenous and spiritual things attached to him and in government agencies that, um, that it was really this spiritual and the indigenous communities that like, Oh, okay. There's like spiritual elders into this dude and which gave me an insight very early on that uh, our government may be faced with um, something they don't understand oh, yeah. and is very really happening apparently. And that is just like, whoa. And the, and, and the more that we're waking up, you people like you and me, we're like, whoa, this we're reading the books and we're finding like the connecting dots and like, whoa. Oh my gosh, what the heck is going on? Well, I'm concerned that we missed those dots in the first place. That's where I, I'm perplexed because I feel like humans used to understand. And I, I just keep feeling like we had like amnesia for a while. And then we've reached this place where we feel pretty safe for the most part, as safe as you can be in a modern world. But we're not like surviving in the jungles thinking we're going to starve like we did back in the day as a, as a whole species. Obviously, some people are still starving, but um, I feel like we're, we've reached a place of technological advancement where we can kind of sit back and focus on this again. Um, so I think that's part of it. I think it's like a circle. And I do wonder um, if we'll both be technologically advanced and eventually morally good again, because I don't think we're morally good you know that's a yeah. whole nother thing but yeah 
And then once we reach both of those points of being technologically advanced and morally improved and therefore more actually advanced, then maybe, you know, we'll have the contact everyone is hoping for. But I wanted to rewind before we like go continue to go into this philosophical discussion (laughs) because like we could go on 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 those uh yes those forever but i would i would like to know more about you i know that Mm -hmm. um you know just from doing some basic research that you had a military past and it sounds like you worked in security um so was that when you became interested in the UAPs and it sounds like you've seen some, did that happen then or did it happen later? Um, I think I, uh, I fall in the category of being like a lifetime experiencer, but um, like just really not understanding that that's like phenomena. And now looking back on it, I'm like, well, okay, that's definitely phenomena. Um, so um, I never had any, I had stuff from my childhood that I definitely very much remember, but I, I don't think I ever really needed to talk to anybody about it. And, um, probably because it's like crazy stuff. Like, it's just like, I don't even believe it, but now I do, I really do. Cause I just, you know, heard a lot about it. So I had these things and then, um, I joined the military, I joined the Navy. And then, um, I, uh, as I was going to college, I was in the guard and then I did a stint on active duty and then I got back out and, um, you know, I, w- I was in the guard and when this all happened, um, I was on active duty. Uh, I was in station in Pennsylvania with the army and I had an, a near death experience and, um, that pretty much changed, uh, my perspective on my world religion view. It also um, was the start of going towards my dark period, which is about a three-year period. And so, um, and then, um, you know, I started doing just stuff and, and, and social work. And there were social workers in the VA that I was at. They're just like angels, like, like angels, like saved my life. I'm positive of it. Uh, and, and they know it because they were my supervisors when I was a, a, a social worker in the same VA, you know, that it had me hospitalized, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's, it's, um, in this world that we live in, uh, this healing process is very interesting because, um, my psychologist got to see me go to my very lowest cry with me. And then bring me up through social work and get a master's degree and and send me off and check in on me. And then I still have like people in my world where when I was in my dark period, they still think I'm there. They have no clue that like the healing process happens. You know, they they don't understand that. Like I've been a psychotherapist and like heard more women in my life tell me I've saved their life in like four years of therapy than ever in the military. You know what I mean? And so, um, it, the phenomena brought me into my calling, you know, which is this macro level social work now that I'm doing, which is all about the phenomena. Right. And it's interesting how that works. It feels sometimes like there's placement that happens like chess pieces. Right. Like you just kind of get pushed into a certain direction. And Preston Dennett and I have spoken, 
you know, previously, uh, he's, you know, obviously for those who are not aware, he's done a lot of research and spoken to many, many, many experiencers. And he's noticed a pattern of service for those mm -hmm. who are experiencers, either military service or social service. Yes. But service. Yes. Yeah, that's so, you know, I'm have this experience, uh, you know, I was so unaware that, uh, my partner, Laura, at the time in 2017, she saw him on the news and showed me. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to fold my clothes and just continue on my life of just doing whatever I do. Retired social work, Anthony Kennedy living on the hill, just living the good life. Right. And um, what ended up happening is two years later, I ended up um, seeing him. And then I immediately just started reading all the psychology stuff, all the um, psychological stuff. And um, from that, I got a, um, a Kundalini-like experience. And that Kundalini-like experience, um, you know, um, because I came from a very, um, like I married a, a Baptist minister's daughter and I, I was married to her for over 20 years, you know? So like, I have some idea of the Christian church. I have some, you know, I have some idea about it. Right. And so, um, I think that, I think that my journey has intersected with like, um, something that's universal on the spiritual journey for, for a lot of people. Um, and you know, my very first dream in the VA was like a snake and, uh, this huge trauma. I had like a huge trauma experience with my family, like screaming and blood. I was bleeding. Right. And I was doing things in my bed that, um, I'm going to tell you was so freako scary that three years later and another war experience that 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 experience that was well documented from you know me just going to the va and telling them what happened um that that pretty much solidified um like parental rights and stuff like that with children like immediately like it, it, it scared the judge enough to like well we're gonna have to have like some drastic changes or something that I never, you know, you know, so it was just very crazy that I really had this. Apparently, there's a lot of people that get this mythology dream of a snake awakening. Uh, awakening. It's and funny so, because it's so funny. The snake is so pervasive. It's actually literally um, something I just tweeted about that. Yes, it's a great serpent. The rainbow serpent it's mm -hmm. in the, the book i'm reading right now yeah it's about african myths it exists in many 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 mythologies and you have to wonder it's interesting some of the stories of the great serpent involve children being kidnapped and then going into the great serpent and the great serpent flying um so what is this great serpent hmm could this great serpent it, it's the it's the um the cosmic mother energy saying you're gonna awaken i'm uh, from my interpretation i'm pretty sure that's what it means you're you're gonna awaken now 
And um, I just think it's very strange to have this dream. And I have, I, it's just very strange to, to, to know that I've had this and that I've talked to so many people about it throughout my years of military service or, or my veteran service that it's just mind blowing to know that it's connected to some sort of mythology, you know, and that other people have had it before. It, it doesn't make sense. It, it, it creates weird energy feeling in me when I think about it. So. Yeah. Um, I think that's one of the reasons I'm drawn to looking at the mythology of our different. And I have, I've, I, I got crazy buying these books. I bought them for, africa polynesia the celts so on and so forth i probably would have bought the whole shelf if i felt like i could have but i i ended up buying like 10 right because there's so many things we have in common amongst all the people and you know sky gods sky messengers um you know the gifts from heaven uh, you know, those things are pretty pervasive. The flood, of course, you know, everyone knows about that. Right. I feel, I feel like it's the serpent is one though, that really like I Joe's just saying, yep, sure enough, there's another serpent. Um, yeah. so that's really in interesting to me. And I think, um, I had a, a more direct dream that you'll appreciate. I literally saw the whole universe as a map and in my dream light bulbs, that were within the map and they weren't really light bulbs, but they were lights that looked like light bulbs mm -hmm. were just going on. You know, the lights were going on all over the universe. So to me, that, is, that was the same that's thing. That's kind of like, like the Milky Way thing that I had that my family and I had, we had like, we were standing out and we just saw flashes all over the Milky Way. And we were like, what in the hell is going on <laughs> and and it, it was something strange um maybe like in your dream i don't know yeah it was strange it was like a you know how in movies they show like a war table and there's like 3d mm. structures and stuff the the mm -hmm. map of the universe was like mm. a really big 3d map of the whole universe mm -hmm. So it was just fascinating mm. to just sit there and watch the lights. But I, I felt like apprehension. It was strange. It wasn't like a right. comforting feeling seeing the lights go on. I don't know why there was fear associated with that. I don't know. But I will tell you that it, it does make me wonder a little bit about the people who say, should we really be waving hello to the rest of the universe and trying to get their attention? You know? Right. I don't know. Right. Well, but it, it, and everything that we're talking about, these that, the, um, well, maybe, well, maybe like a map is like the revealing, and the, the the serpent is like I'm here to reveal, like you know, like they 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 mean somewhat the same. It's like it's this cosmic serpent that um, that definitely means re there is definitely revealing. Revelations are definitely happening right now. That's very apparent, and. You know, the thing that we're talking about is, uh, you know, you get down to the um, the books of Tom DeLong and what's he talking about? Oh, they end up talking about these cycles. And then you talk, you you find out whatever the blood so um, thing is talking about. And he's only talking about, I mean, you can play this game of like talking about all of the experience and stuff. But what's he talking about? Hathor came. 
And then, then you start reading the CIA files and, and then you go into world religions and stuff and you go, Oh my gosh, the CIA files definitely um, overlay like mythology and stuff. Like it's the same. And then, Whoa, Tom DeLong is like in these emails of like disclosure with Hillary Clinton and, uh, and Donald Trump. And then you're like, what in the heck? And all of these scientists are, oh, and there's pictures of them all together. What? And then, and then, you know, I've been following the Bledsoe kids who have all had their experiences at that, at this house. Right. And so I'm listening to their podcast, but you know, for a year and a half before they were doing their podcast, they pretty much went through everything every week. They were putting out stuff on Twitter and I was following that. So I was, and then something inside of me for the compulsion, I didn't feel like, um, Oh, thank you. Um, Chris, uh, uh, Ryan Bledsoe for spoon feeding me this week. I'll wait for next week and, and read. No, something inside of me said, study every damn thing that they're putting out um, check out all the scientists that go to their house, you know, when they go check out what they've ever written about and, and then, um, and then understand that, um, his pictures in the Vatican files. And, and then that's a game changer for me. As soon as that happened, as soon as I saw his picture with like this NASA, Timothy Taylor and, um, uh, Diana Pasolka, it was just like, okay, this is real. This is something, something's happening there. And then I just centered on, okay, well, what does this woman do? And then I found out like, oh, the Vatican, definitely. It's in their official Vatican files. It's not like in the, the hokey pokey Vatican stuff or the hokey pokey internet stuff. No, it's in the, the real Vatican files of like the orange orb lady coming. Right. And like, right. And so, so yeah, that's strange. It is very possible that tom was on to something when he said you know that this phenomenon might be connected to our religions right even though it's scandalous but you can't help but notice like for instance Belay mentions fatima and fatima was supposedly a religious event but it doesn't read like one if you take the word like angel or even god out of it suddenly it reads like an alien encounter right so i do think it's difficult to use words like angels and demons and alien right. and ex mm -hmm. extraterrestrial because we don't really know what what that is we don't know what the visitor or the other what they are you know other than potentially non-human right so Definitely. but, but but the experiences are there amongst all of the groups, all the religions. In fact, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. some of them are very directly um, caused by some kind of encounter or experience. Um, I've heard that Nation of Islam is one of the um, religions that's connected to something supposedly related to um, possibly a UFO. I've heard, um, of course, Scientology. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. So there's the thing all, there's you, a, what you're talking about is the things that uh it's like I started to notice as well is like wait a second this is like in everyone or like like for example the Fatima thing you know that was that was 153 days Fatima 
153 days. Um, this thing came, I think it was three or four times, exactly whenever it said. And on the last time, there's like, you know, 100,000 people there, newspapers. I think there was even a, uh, an early recording. So it's like, whoa. That was 150, and this is this lady coming, okay? And then you got, whoa, this is the same thing that Bledsoe's talking about, that the lady. And so, like, why is why is the Bledsoe stuff at the Vatican? What is what is the email between the Vatican and Bledsoe? Really, I don't, you know, like, I don't, I don't know that the Bledsoe stuff was already there. I think Diana brought it there because I actually spoke to her, um, okay. and she said that she brought the picture to the Vatican. Isn't that strange? Now, she's a religious studies um, person, right? So she's her perspective on all of this is going to be from a religious perspective. Although her um, work when she went there was more about a particular person that she wanted to write about. And she was working on things like purgatory and, and um, really interested in this particular person's yeah. uh, almost like remote viewing yes. incidents. Right. So there's mm -hmm. a, there's a, you know, a lot of stuff going on, but yes, <laughs> I can't, I, I, I feel like we all are mystified and mystified is really the right word for this because there's just so much to grasp and so much to study. And it really, it will be easier if we try to focus on the data, like you said earlier. Yeah. It will be. Right. And it's like, well, how do you know it's real? Well, um, I happened to be in a conversation with Chris Bledsoe with like two other combat veterans and they were having a discussion. Right. And um, this discussion turned very mean towards him, but I couldn't help understand. Like he's talking about these little blue things. And I'm like, whoa, man, I had these I had like ghost things in my dream that were like had these things. What doesn't make sense? And then. From him, other people asked me when I started talking about these blue things, I had other people asking me about these. And then that opened that opened up everything. Because once I started questioning, wait, uh, there's these blue orby things. And um, some people call them dust. And then there's like Robert Bigelow, Bigelow Aerospace posted an orb. And then Robert McGuire has posted orbs. And then I have so many orb videos. I mean... It is mind blowing about the the level of orb things that I got in my house, and I can I somehow I put my hand up and they go into me and stuff, and I don't understand this. It's like weird and it's just really strange. But um, I bought the cameras because I should try it, and then I went outside and I started asking to see it, and then I saw it, and then. I noticed that there was a feeling with it. So when I felt it inside the house, I'd get my family members and I'd say, okay, let's go outside. And then we'd go see it with different family members, you know? And I'm like, what the heck? And then one time it was an owl instead of a, a UFO. And I, this doesn't, none of this stuff makes sense. And here I am, I'm just trying to like live my life house on a hill. And this stuff is just like, you don't get a choice, buddy. You're just going to study all damn day long. You're going right. to uh, figure out everything that you never learned about. And then you're going to talk to people about it. And that's so what we're doing. I was, I was watching a documentary recently. It was about Bigfoot. And there was a person that they said had Bigfoot fever. I think that what what we have is UFO fever, although 
you know, if you do this long enough, that includes Bigfoot too, because you find out yes. he's buddies with a something else that's not Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. Bigfoot right, and that's someone. another. I have like an experience of seeing a Bigfoot, a big, literal foot in so big that when 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 I started t- looking at this phenomena stuff, I, I I I understood that like, oh, there's a lot of. I got interested in the nuke side of it because i have a nuke title too right in the military so i'm like interested in that piece but like whoa bigfoot and nuke that's even more batshit crazy but then i had this like really strange experience when i was hunting just here in in oregon um where in the in the winter we experienced a big huge like foot that was very clearly a foot uh, um but it was just one. There was nothing around it. And it was bigger than my 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 best friend in high school. He was the heavyweight wrestler. So he had like a size 12 boot and it was covered in mud. And this thing was bigger than that. Right. And so I asked him, what did you think it was like when I when this thing started happening? He said, oh, I was definitely some sort of Bigfoot thing. And, and this is when we were like 15. Right. And so it's like, wow. So maybe like the these lifetime experiences that you never think of because they're not, I mean, like, really, is that really significant? I don't even know if that was real. It's still weird, you know? And then I think so. And I'll tell you why. I think the reason some people know to go outside and some people know to go look up is because they're sensing the wave function of the object or they're hearing something that they're not realizing they're hearing because we only have certain amount of range or they may be even just feeling it on their skin because even like your sweat glands apparently pick up electricity, right? So you're reacting to the environmental change. And so you may actually be ending up in places where you're picking that up and paying attention, right? Right. So that might be one of the connections. Um, yeah. Other people, other people might be ignoring those things and going about their day. Yeah, and and I I'm pretty sure if I hadn't had my near death experience, I'd probably just still be living that way, right? Because I think that it was that that took me to um, to what happens when you go there. You go to me. You you, you encounter. Tell us, well, tell you, us step by step what happened so that we can well, understand. For me, I just came home from war to, um, with, uh, you know, I had two trips of war within five, four years and, um, already on a, a, a rocky relationship because, you know, it's just a lot of time away during this war period. So, um, but then I came home and, ha- and, and was with discourse and I was drinking and I ended up, uh, I, I never even have a memory and up until about a month ago about what happened. I don't even have a memory of what happened. I drank a lot that day. And then I know that I was very bruised. And so I know there's a lot of police brutality. There, there was just police stuff in it. And, um, and then I show up to Walter Reed, um, but I have this experience and um, while I'm dead, I don't, I have a, people around me that shouldn't be around me because I'm in a hospital, not in a, and not with my chain of command, but my chain of commands around me. Right. But what's more interesting is um, this recent revelation that I just had is that one of the women that was on duty, an NCO that was on duty that day. um, 
she she's tell, she uh, messages me and just tells me um, uh, the day that you died, I was on duty and your spirit came to me and told me about some things that were that you're talking about right now um, would be unfolding. And um, she said, I'm supposed to tell you this because you told me to. And then and, and so I just find this mind blowing because I don't even know I never went back to my unit. I never checked in. I never had any contact. It was just like, I was just told to go home for almost three years and by myself. Right. And so it's just very strange that, that I have this experience. And of course it's like something spiritual. She knows it's like spiritual, you know, and she knows it's something crazy and it's okay, something so about like the lights in the sky stuff. So let's rewind and break this down a little bit. So you got extremely drunk. You got, you were brutalized by the police. You don't, you just know that you were drunk. You don't know what happens. And then while you have you seem to have passed away. Um, you start seeing beings around you, including people that are currently living. And for some reason, you're also going and communicating to other people um although you've passed away um about yeah. what's going on yeah, yeah none, okay. none of it makes sense and and besides besides those things i just wanted to make sure i got that all right besides those things did you like go somewhere else like did you leave the like what they call the earthly plane did you like meet somebody that was trying to guide you or telling you um, you know. What I do know is that I don't have um, a sense of meeting anything there, but I do have a sense of reconnecting with something um, on a therapy, psilocybin assisted therapy uh, journey that I went on. And um, I connected with um, the thing that sent me back, the woman entity, the veil, the woman at the veil. Um, and every time I went towards the veil, um, she was doing things to me physically with my body. And so this happened for hours with my, um, with my girlfriend at the time. She was my uh, one of my partners at the time. And um, what was strange about that is that um, I had a wane of the heart ceremony. And um, this was after my, this is like, this is this is after I'm healed. Like I'm a therapist and stuff now, and I'm just living my life. I have in the last year I had what you would, what I now know to be what is very clearly talked about at the Monroe Institute from some of the people of a weighing of the heart ceremony. And I, and it's the same thing is whatever, when I died and, and, and uh, had that experience, it's, it's a feeling. I don't understand it. it, it I don't, I don't even know how you would explain it to anybody. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I've not heard of the weighing of the heart. The weighing of a heart is like um, a judgment ceremony of where you're judged and why that is um, very strange in itself because uh, the, the judging is like yourself judging your, whatever you you came here to do. And I spent literally four hours. Why are you making me see what I've done? And it's like, I've everything I've killed, everything I've just done insane, mean things to don't even know why I did it. 
And it's showing me the feelings that I would give to the people when I did them. Right. Mm. And it's like intense crying. And, and then um, I returned back and I, um, I guess I have a better understanding of the judgment. I have a, because I learned about what they, I learned about the mythology after these things are happening. I'm reading about it afterwards. Right. Well, because I've, I've heard of that, but they usually call that the life review. And I, yeah, something I've, like that. Uh -huh. And yeah, I've, like that. I've discovered that a lot of people say, you don't actually get judged like you would expect. It's not like you get the impression that you're going to go to hell or something like that. Right, it's right. more, more like for understanding. Like it's all being done for understanding and, and yes. deepening your, what you've learned. Yeah, that's kind of what I, that is 100% what I feel. And it's kind of like what you kind of start when you really get deep into this and you start reading about the, the other cycles and you start, you get so deep, you're just reading it in other languages and other mythologies and comparing it. And you're like, holy cow. Okay. There's something very um, strange with us. We're, we're, we're very complex. We're, we're much more complex and, the thing with the sun cycle, whenever that comes around, whatever it's doing, it's um, it makes us aware. It makes us who are aware of the complexities even more aware because the the apparently the 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 layers, the dimensions are pushing in on each other. From what is in the CIA files, it's really hard to from you know from a layman's person and a person that understands the writing about this in science, right? And they're writing about it from a scientific and I can't properly interpret what they're saying in science. And I don't think it's easy to interpret what happens spiritually either, but there's something that's happening. And I think we're intersecting. It seems like. Yeah. Well, we, we seem to have always been somewhat connected to the phenomenon as we like to call it. We've had, you know, poltergeist and entity encounters for, centuries upon centuries some people think that the we were even created by non-human intelligence so technically that would say we've always had the encounter right right um i just i get the sense that there's a lot of things going on um and we're getting like almost the a slow guidebook to the, the universe <laughs> yeah you know yeah and we're just we're kind of dense and we're like, we need the cliff notes and yes, <laughs> and some people same. are like, just summarize it for me. Cause you know, we're running out of time or something, you know, I, that's what I get. Yeah. Very and, slow. Right. And, 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 and to me, I keep going back. I just keep having these, my childhood experiences are similar enough to some of the things that the Bledsoe experience. Okay. We can't get away from that. And then I have an, a, I have an experience with my family members out at Crescent Lake and diamond peak. That is undeniable. Multiple people see it. Um, what's funny about this is I drummed for asking for it, but I didn't see it first or I dismissed it first. And the women both brought me back to look at what I had dismissed, you know, and, we end up seeing uh, the first night we saw like a very real physical, like 
big, huge airplane-like thing, propane tank thing with protrusions all out of it and very physical. There was nothing electro-glowy or anything, but it was in a clear sky as the sun was going down, but you could see under the cloud and under the cloud. It goes into a cloud that's that it's longer than and never comes out the other side. Then the cloud just dissipated and we all watched it, right? Three of us watched it. And then the next night we got the, the, the orange, like light orange thing. And, um, it was with a pink one. And then it went all the way around the lake and uh, across the, the ravine or the, um, the mountains. And then it went behind diamond peak. Then it comes back out of diamond peak. And then the pink one shoots up and then it does some sort of weird dance thing and shoots up. And then all three of us had noticed that night a cloud in the shape of Anubis, right? And none of us talked about it. So, but we talked about the orange thing and we talked about the pink thing. We, I mean, we were freaking out like, holy moly, we are experiencing something together right here, right now. And, and I had, I had read enough about the, I know what the orange thing is. I'm very aware of what, what mythology says the orange thing is. And so, I'm just like, whole, I can't even believe this has happened, you know, and I asked for it to happen. You know, so, it, I, it's I would, amazing. I want to I pause. I know what I think the orange thing is, but could you say what you think the orange thing is? Because this is the dojo. We have to educate. What do you think the orange thing is? I believe the orange thing is the mother uh, is the mother spirit um, protruding in. I, I think that the the pink ones are the the assisters, the, 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 the ones that assist, I'm not actually really a hundred percent sure, but I know I feel 100% feminine. I don't feel the masculine. It's her trying to connect to the, to what she's here to do. That's what she's, she only shows up for a reason. And that's one thing that is very clear in mythology is if you've seen that you've been shown a sign, just like the, the white flashes. And if you just search white flashes in the sky, it, it very much tells you you're seeing something that is collected, connected to mythology, it, which is strange, you know, and, and that's what I try to tell people is, yeah, this is strange. What does it really mean? Like we should, we should investigate that. It is strange. <laughs> yeah. And I, it's worth saying when we were talking earlier, I was thinking about, you know, the perspective that some people have that this is religion and I was thinking about how similar religion is to the phenomenon, actually. And I've, I've kind of talked about that before with people. But the other thing that occurs to me is that the experience that you had and the experience that, you know, the Bledsoe's had or the experiences and that so many people are having, it's, it is quite a lot more people than report. Like there's just, it's considerably more. Just like if you if you saw Jesus on your toast, right? That used to be a big deal. But nowadays people probably get Jesus on their toast or their chips all the time. You know, we even share it on social media, all right, the weird right, right, stuff. Right. People are like, oh yeah, we had weird stuff too. We did too. Yeah, everyone's got the weird stuff. And like, it just becomes commonplace almost. You know what I mean? So we don't even necessarily report, which means that the data is underreported people don't know yeah. how often the weird stuff yeah. is happening because it's yes. become so common and people are just like yeah you know i had that deja vu thing happen again or you know i uh -huh. dreamt about three different relatives 
having babies that they all had the babies by the way that happened to me for some reason and in one case i dreamt specifically that they were going to be twins and one would be a boy and one would be a girl i don't know why i had those dreams (laughs) i don't know what good that was for me ever like to Mm -hmm. like i dreamt my sister's pregnancies in both cases um i don't know but 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 that's commonplace stuff. People have that happen. Right. And, and, and it's not like there's even a place to report that to you. Right. Right. And I think like, well, maybe I think what's happening is, is, is it is happening at a greater or we're acknowledging, maybe it's happening at a greater and we're acknowledging it at a greater. And then that's bringing this thing that psychologists know about this hundredth monkey. And that, that's what, that's everything like Egypt and those is all about like it's like this psychological revelation like something so paradigm shifting that it just changes immediately and very fundamentally for love for like and i think like the religion piece for me for me i can talk about the lady and i can talk about it in the lakota mythology or whatever and what we're really talking about is energy because if we really got down to it I'm going to talk to people about consciousness and I'm going to say, you're going to go grab some consciousness out of the consciousness field. And the, and some people are going to call that dad and some people are going to call it son, but and some people are going to call it mom, but it's all coming out of the same damn consciousness field. So you can play whatever game you want to freaking play. It's energy and it's being used and manipulated. And some of it's feminine and some of it's masculine. And at times there are people on earth or teams of people that can manipulate that energy. It's just that simple. And it's not even like arguable, I don't think. I think that when we sit down and we just get wise humans, adult educated humans to just sit down and go, huh, what is this? And just dig in. They will go, oh my gosh. That's what they will do. They won't go, oh, those evil salamander people or anything. They'll start going, whoa, this is magical. There is something crazy about us humans. And it's like, it's just like the butterflies. That's pretty damn crazy. They go into a little chrysalis and turn into fluid and then turn into butterfly. Pretty damn crazy. I'm pretty sure that we do something very similar on cycles. Something strange. It seems like. Yeah, I would like to know a little bit more about why people who have gifts keep saying we need to remember who we are. Uh, We need to understand who we are. And, you know, like what, I don't know, I feel a mix, like, is there a message there that we need to hear? Or do we just feel so special like an egotistical, almost like mm-hmm. egocentric, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that we feel like there's something significant to be remembered or are we just needing to wake up to what's going on to the rest of the universe, which is where I'm at. Like we just need to kind of snap to well, the rest of mm-hmm. the universe seems to be a little bit more aware than we are. <laughs> right. The universe does seem to be a little more aware. And, you know, I found myself like, you know, because of what I've studied, I just say things I like, like, for example, um, I'm very clear about the orbs. I've filmed them so many times. They're just everywhere. And I, and, and they, they're very, um, they're orientated on your feelings and activities in your bedroom. And, um, th- I've recorded them coming out of my computer. And then 
I, you know, that takes me into conversations. I studied everything that you could study about Stanford Research Institute in 1968 through 1975. And when people, when people stop playing this game, whatever their game they're playing and understand, whoa, Jacques Vallée and a whole team of scientists were doing like consciousness studies with like tons of PhDs and computers. Mm-hmm. And they just need to stop. Just stop and think. Just stop and think before you say anything else. And what that means is computer number one and computer number two. And, and so, like, what does that really mean? Well, frick, they found some stuff out with spirituality because I know just in my own world of synchronicity, a woman that was down there, her name's Dr. Jane Katra. She lives here in Eugene. What's really funny is in 2021, uh, my partner and I, we went to like a UFO thing with um, one of her, one of our friends from high school, just on a whim, just on a whim. And this Jane Cotra was there. Right. But that's really, wow. that's not even the weird thing about this. Then the synchronicity comes up that somehow she's connected to Russell Targ and Bledsoe knows about her. So I'm like, what? So I schedule a meeting with this woman who lives in Eugene and my wife. Right. And we go down there and talk to her and she's like, yeah, in 2004, I had a vision. I had a dream about a man who would receive a woman and it was Bledsoe. And so when he had his vision in 2007, I went there and, and then, and she's like, and he told me that there's a great angel over Eugene. Right. And I'm like, what in the heck is going on here? Why, how is this even happening? How is she in Eugene where I'm at? How, how is this, you know what I'm saying? So there's like, Real stuff with AI technology and computers and the phenomena by Jacques Vallée. And, and he's already talked about what it is. He's out. There's a there's a paranormal psychology association two hour thing about what they learned. And it is mind blowing. OK, so mm-hmm. it's just mind blowing. And he shows us the five things. And he said, these are the five things that they allow us to tell you about. And then we had to leave the program and we're not allowed to talk about any of it. Do you think they stopped studying the five things that they told you that we No, they didn't. They've been studying it the whole time. So that's where we have to understand is that, oh my gosh, they figured something out with technology and consciousness. I, I, I think we have to call it consciousness or spirituality or they figured something out. Well, you know, I'm just going to point something out that I've noticed. And it could be just, you know, a coincidence, but I doubt it. What do the richest people on the planet do? Often they try to leave the planet. They make (laughs) ships and try to leave the planet. Then what else do they do? They do something that has to do with the brain and consciousness. Bigelow's... (laughs) Bigelow's got Bix, you know, his uh, consciousness research, but he's been doing it for a long time. So he's got more reason. But then what is um, the other rich guy who's trying to leave the planet doing? He's making Neuralink. Right. Right. So, so it's even faster. It It gives us the clues. The clues are written. It's like happening real time, isn't it? Yeah, so but but what's really the craziest thing about it is that if you look at humanity, we have just had a huge rapid progression from where we were 200 years ago. Yes. Like huge, super yeah. super super fast. 
and we're going from like pre pretty much being on the edge of survival, like people still trying to establish themselves and not kill each other to, you know, we still have some violence. There's still some tribalism that we're still trying to work out, but there's also an increase in globalism. And there's this sense of, uh, well, let's see, let's uh, work on our consciousness now and let's try to get into the universe. Yeah. Yeah. Really? And, and what I'm trying to, from my own perspective is that, and, and now, you know, I have these childhood experiences and I have real memories. Okay. And then I'm like, what in the, I cannot believe, like, they just told me I would know when the timing is right to use my imagination. And so when it, whatever this awakening do, has done to me, it's made me want to be like, I have to send the message out artistically and do it in a certain way. And then when people say stuff about it, I tell them, this is how I do it, buddy. It's my message. Okay. That's it. Right. It's art. Like who that, what the hell type of world do we have that you can't even express yourself with art, you know, but, but it's made me do things that are just like, so not like me. And then at the same time, I'm telling my partner, hey, man, I feel like it wants me to do this and I'm going to do it in front of everybody. And I'm telling her like, and I said, and they all think I'm really batshit crazy, but I'm going to do it anyways. You know, like as like just to try it out. What does this thing want me to do? Does it really want me to do this? And I, I get results. I get, I see the phenomena. I, I get more orbs. It's like really strange that like you're in the process of this consciousness, spiritual world, and it produces on the other side of it. Um, well, things it's in the sky. so funny. Okay. So I, I will tell you a few things that I've learned along my dojo path. <laughs> One, I've learned that if you are able to overcome the schemas that your brain will enforce on you, you will mm -hmm. learn to see things you might not otherwise have seen because the brain desperately wants to keep you in a certain box. It doesn't mm -hmm. like it when you go outside the box because it's not really in the mood necessarily for you to deal with all of that. Right. So right. that takes a level of imagination. So that goes to imagination. Imagination was just mentioned at the last conference, the second New York conference. Um, yep. That was the inquiry of anomalous uh, experiences and the phenomenon. Um, it was just discussed as a possibility um, for communication, that imagination is used for communication because we can see what we may not be able to understand in any other way if we right. have imagination or it might mm -hmm. just be you know like for instance when someone's meditating i personally meditate in a very visual way and i've said i get really strong visuals i get a whole world i have experiences mm -hmm. when i meditate and mm -hmm. i do not control those they just mm -hmm. happen almost mm -hmm. like a dream but it's mm -hmm. not a dream. I'm 100% awake. In fact, if I lay yeah. down, I, I can't meditate anymore and I will just fall asleep. And I, I can tell the difference. Um, so yeah. it's, it, it is. And then, of course, people have said, you know, they have very imaginative dreams that tell them how to do things, prepare them for things. 
And then that leads me to what Gary Nolan has said that, you know, the caudate patainman right. um, region of the brain has something yes. to do with like making decisions and planning ahead and predictive stuff and mm -hmm. imagination. Yes. And then last but not least, people talk about creative people who require imagination and how when they do creative things and have that imagination, which probably involves all of the other things I just mentioned, they may be tapping into another field. That's where terms like muses have mm. come from, you mm -hmm. know, or, or downloads. Are they lenses kind of? Um, muses? <laughs> I yeah, think seem... that, I don't, well, people have been talking about muses for centuries. I don't know. The, I think, you know, the new term now is messengers, right? Right. So it makes right. you wonder. We, I think it's it's worth looking into messengers, muses. Uh, it, they they used to say a muse would inspire them. Now we say possibly we're getting a download. You know. Okay. Then have, I understand that. Yeah. Okay. I and see. then of some people even talk about the akashic records, like that's a mm -hmm. whole another plane of existence, and that how that might be influencing our creativity, our imagination. Uh, you know, what we accomplished also. But I guess my point is it might all be connected. Yeah. On, on, you know, you know what it might be connected to? It might be connected to stone circles around the globe. Now, that's what I think it may be connected to. <laughs> some, some, something happens on uh, these cycles. There's something very much, we're not getting away from uh, NASA help fund something at Cambridge, um, teaching um, 24 theologians about the returning Christos energy. And they use the word Christos for a reason. You know, they're talking mm -hmm. about an energy field, an energy grid. And so mm -hmm. when, when, we, when we actually just start really going down and seeing what's being done and what's being said, we actually find, whoa, they're really... They're really going to trying to do, it appears that they're trying to show us that there's some sort of very real reoccurring something and they don't really want to identify it. I think they want us to figure that out. I don't think they want to spoon feed it to us. Well, <coughs> I will tell you uh, in my exploration of the FOIAs, um, the military was really interested in a scientist who came forward and tried to predict when UFOs would show up, okay, and talked about there's a grid, like a world grid, right? Um, other people have come forward with this idea, too, that there's, mm -hmm. you know, we know that they really did map the magnetic poles of the planet. Right. Like the military did that. They went out and they did that. And we also know that those shift and they change. And sometimes that impacts um, things on the planet. But the connection to UFOs. With, there's a book, by the way. Um, the UFOConnector.com. In the free book section. I believe the author that I'm talking about. His book is in there. Um, as far as I recall. And... 
he just you know he said that you know this whatever is going on the geomagnetic thing with the planet is connected to the ufos somehow yes but for me i'm just kind of like well yeah and i don't i don't know how important that is i think you know the geomagnetic field is important for our survival i don't know that it necessarily will help us predict the ufos i will tell you like one book i mention a lot is cheryl costa's book um yeah um so cheryl's book talks about the longitudinal um highways the real ones not the ones that people make up and don't use data to come up with Mm -hmm. um like the quote-unquote hot spots that aren't really hot spots you know things like that um so it's worth looking into if you guys are interested in that idea the grading of the planet all that stuff I just don't know. I think that it's important personally, but that's just me. I don't know. I what will, do you think? I will tell you this. If you get into the, the I, I read the Tom DeLong books and, and there's these cycles in there, but what really got me into this thing, and this is where, this is where we have to really tread lightly in what we're talking about, because I'm, I'm pretty sure that what we're talking about, we're under a period of time where we can, affect consciousness in a way and it's important for us to um, bring about the knowledge in a way that doesn't um, drive collective consciousness into a fight or flight right Um, is what i interpret of um, why the knowledge may have been suppressed and and what knowledge i'm talking about is a book called adam and eve the story of cataclysm it's a textbook written by a professor that um, just some regular average professor that um, was a geologist he did an integrated team across the uh uh earth he with a whole bunch of type of types of different types of scientists but primarily on geology but religion world history teachers and he, he overlaid as much data as he could with geology um world history cycles of floods and mythology and just mashed everything together and he found something he found something that so, it's so significant that they just he just stopped what he was doing and they removed all of his books. They classified it. It's still secret. You go into books and you, oh yeah, it's perfectly out there on the uh, website so you could read it. But all the pertinent pages and stuff have just stuff that's just jumbled bullshit receipts and stuff that means nothing, right? It's just that it's like the government laughing in our faces because they want us to have this discussion of not knowing that it's not real, right? But but the truth is, is that, that these cycles really are real. They really are. And they're, they're, and when you get away from like, that's religion, stupid stuff. And you go, wait a second, there's really scientists that match geology. And then th- for me, for me, what I did is I early on, I said, well, what are the things they're talking about? And, and so I just went to the sources of, of the same things that you just started telling me about. It's like the polar shift. Oh, yeah. The, I know this is a military officer that I had to always account for my declination on my map because it is moving. And depending on where you are and what year your map is, you have to account for that so you can have a good grid coordinate. So you can be accurate. So we know it's already moving, but it's moving at a greater rate and science. And so you track just like the magnetism of uh, the polar shift and there's like molten things happening. But then you read in the fine print of it, oh, it's attached to the magnetic sphere. Then you're like, what? 
Okay. Then you're like in the Adam and Eve. They, they another thing they talk about is the sun. Oh, we're in the middle of a solar max cycle. That's a whole other thing than the polar, but, but why it's important, why they're together is because when the electromagnetic field, it comes in, it creates volcanoes and um, eruptions and all kinds of stuff. And this is already happening because we're in the sun cycle already. We're already in it. And as the sun cycle happens, like my partner and I, we have the apps on our phones from like NASA and stuff. You can see when the explosion happens in like two or three days, there's more aggression in humans, which I know from social work, I already studied this in, in, in graduate school. So there's more aggressive humans, depending on where it hits. There's volcanoes and there's um, earthquakes. This is all, this, and, and what's funny is now we're talking about real-time things happening and then real-time science that's really being tracked. It's not being mm -hmm. made fun of or anything. And then you have a document that was made national security, a whole textbook that was made national security in the 60s that's still hidden. Like they, they make you think you can go out there and read it, but the, the actual conclusions are not there. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So right. you so you think that possibly the significance, because I was saying I'm not sure why it's important, but you think the possible significance is not only because it causes natural disasters, but also because of how it influences humanity in general. It does. And, and apparently on the sun cycle, there's always a uh, there's always a known group of people who are controlling the grid network. I'm, it's very apparent of that. Um, and the grid network, and it's just, a, there's a balancing cycle and the Lakota or the Cherokee, they talk about, you know, a right winged bird versus a left wing bird. And in Egypt, they got Seth and, and um, uh, Os or Osiris or Horus. And in, in, in Christianity, we got the Satan and um, Jesus, you know, and so like we're, we're setting these things up, but it's only like in the Christianity where it's been like something really bad. And then it's concentrated. It's concentrated on the physical um, cataclysm. And it's very clear throughout contextual history that it's um, it's societal. It's societal and psychological cataclysm. So it's paradigm okay. cataclysm. So what's scaring me a little bit about this idea is that whoever controls that grid yes. will control the entire world. Oh, they have been doing that. And that's where you find out. Go When you start reading about the grid, the actual energy and what nuns, what they did to the women, the the, the nuns, when they, when they get really super spiritual, you women, hidden women mysteries know about energy networks that we don't talk about as a society because it's because we have been programmed to not talk about it, but religious um, organizations are doing stuff. And so are, there's whole islands that elite people go and do things with. And it has to do with our positive, um loving natural human sexual energy uh, some of it has to do with just positive love energy i'm not i'm not saying perverse anything prefer i'm talking about balanced loving energy i'm and, glad and that some of it is positive but i'm like just thinking of how this could be used against us honestly like the whole 
you know, I, we've heard of ley lines. We've heard of, you know, you have know, hot spots. We hear about like significant areas with greater geomagnetic issues like the Bermuda mm -hmm. Triangle. Like there's even cloud formations around the Bermuda Triangle that have like apparently geomagnetic issues that yeah. impact uh, airplanes and stuff. We hear about how the geomagnetic stuff even uh, influences like birds, you know, with migration mm -hmm. and stuff. So I just, I, you know, I just, it, it's chilling to think about everything goes to wave function, everything, sound, yes. mm -hmm. uh, matter itself, um, light, every, our whole existence has mm -hmm. to do with that. And if people are messing with the electromagnetic or geomagnetic waves on our planet and influencing us, it's like puppets with strings. Yeah. Like, or where are the marionettes? Or, right. or we're the keys of the piano, so who's playing mm -hmm. us? Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. so, and, but I mean, obviously the, the hope is that we aren't getting played with, but, you know, like it could be a, one giant, you know, experiment. Like, you know what? I just had a really weird thought. <laughs> Let me just throw this out there. You've okay. probably read Flatland, right? Everyone's read that. Anyone who's mm -hmm. interested in understanding dimensions, right? Right. What if our planet is, and I know this isn't the case, of course it's not, but what if this planet is the electromagnetic wave function experiment planet? Like, what right. if it's only our planet and our galaxy that functions that way? I know this is like defying all logic and all that, but what if mm. the other planets function a totally different way, right? The other ones with mm -hmm. intelligence and our planet is the one where they're like let's just see what happens if we use wave function to make this and this and this or what what would happen if we included sound and light and you know matter and all this stuff and just messed around with it on this planet you know what i mean like what if our yeah. planet that yeah. is what we are yeah. just a big old ball of playing with wave function i think it it pro it has to do with this. It has to do exactly with the the imagination, and it has to do with this this thing that you and I are doing right now. Is it? It is like really kind of. I'm I'm assuming that like because of what I've read and like it's just there's no denying it. The mythology of like indigenous people in America have the same type of like contextual mother type of stuff that like. Um, that like the Vatican has. Okay. So there's just like this real, and, and that's where we're going to get to. We're just going to get to like, there's this really weird reoccurring cycle and it's really strange. But if we all like search it um, from my experience, I've read it in like the Lakota and like a lot of the Cherokee and the Hopi and like, we're getting ready to bur we're birthing. And I don't know. I watch every, I watch all three of my children be born and I thought it was the most beautiful experience and like, whoa, emotional thing. So I'm excited for this birthing agenda that we got going on, you know, and, and I'm choosing to think of it like um, the indigenous way, you know, mm -hmm. uh, some people are 
just want things the way they were or the way they thought they should be. And it may not be what reality is. And um, the reality is, is that the, the universal trickster is, he's already on board and awake. It's already happening. And so. Um, and playing the piano. And is playing the piano and living the dream and, and just trying to shape consciousness just enough so that um, everything on, on, on earth can live a little better, happier. There's, there's no excuse for the way we're living. I, I think is, is what personally in my, what, whatever they're telling me is like the universal, uh, the galactic social worker, the galactic mandated social workers coming and if you want to know what it looks like in Egypt, it's the one that has the mace dragging behind it. They used to be a military, a military person, but they're also like a psychologist too. And so they're bringing psychology. And if you don't like the psychology, they're going to bring the military or the, the, the yucky cataclysm that we as humans like to talk about. We like to talk about those. And then we'll just blame it all on the women too. We'll just, we'll burn them all too. Right. Cause that seems to be like a collective thing too, is that, the women, they're all receiving this energy at a higher rate, apparently, throughout collective history. So it's women are receiving it at a higher rate right now. And they know something's happening. And um, the ones that are very good at forming together in teams, they, they do the same thing to the women throughout history. They, they, they rally them up and get rid of them because they're wicked or whatever they are. And I don't think that's happening this time. I don't think that's happening on this cycle. From what well, I would hope uh, not. I just, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I know that when we talk about like the Mayan calendar and a lot of ancient civilizations that just went poof, you know, and you wonder what was it that made them go poof and they don't have the written record for some of them. Yeah. They don't know why. So maybe that has something to do with what you're talking about. It's an interesting idea. It's definitely worth pursuing and looking into. Um, what I do yeah. know, however, is that we're almost at the end of our interview already. Believe it or not, it went very, very quickly. Yeah, I know. It feels like it was five minutes. We probably could have kept talking for like five more hours. But yes, <laughs> I wanted to give you a chance to let people know any final messages you wanted to say and to let people know where they can find you. Hey, uh, my name is Anthony Ross Kennedy. You could find me um, easily on TikTok, LinkedIn, whatever. Um, I'm very approachable. Uh, I've studied a lot on this. And if you have any questions, just don't even uh, hesitate reaching out to me. And at the end of the day, uh, love wins, right? That's the way it is. That's it. I do wonder sometimes if perhaps love is so significant because it does involve so much energy, right? And energy is so significant to everything. So maybe that's why, why we keep pushing the love narrative, right? Right. And yeah, yeah. I, that's why I'm pushing it. It, it seems like we're going through something as a species, regard, regardless of whatever you think. Uh, it's, we've had some pressures, and I know as a social worker, man, we're going through some really hard times. So I'm just trying to, I'm trying to stay more on my positive sentiment, but boy, it's really hard. <laughs> right. 
Well, I could tell you, I think one of the reasons I know we're advancing as a species is because some of us are stopping and going, why are we like, okay, so here's an example. When Russia invaded the Ukraine, I swear my response was, do people still do that? Like, isn't that really old fashioned for countries to invade each other? Right? Like, isn't that like, isn't that what barbarians used to do? Aren't we past that yet? Like for me to have that thought is a sign that we're evolving and we're getting to the next stage of our civilization. Right. In my opinion. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously not everyone is there, but a lot of people are appalled by things right. like that. A lot of people are appalled that there are still places where liber liberty is not permitted, where, you know, spirituality is not permitted, where, you know, cultural acceptance is not a thing. Like, I think that is a sign that we're moving forward. Yeah, I think it is. I think you're right. I, 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 I want to be like you. I just want to be, I want to, I want to have faith in us that if, if there's just enough of us that can just like, no, man, we just have to really love, we have to get through this. Then and we can get that. We, we have ability to do that for the whole earth right now. I think. Well, I will tell you since you, you keep talking about women, but I'll tell you this. Sometimes love when it comes from a woman or at least a, a mother to be specific, isn't all like rainbows and unicorns. Sometimes oh, yes. <laughs> it can be very firm and very uh, to the point and not necessarily, it could, it could look like a warrior coming through the desert, <laughs> you know? So, you know, I'm, women will kick butt sometimes to deal I'm with. Looking, uh, I'm I'm on that wave. Let's do it. I'm ready for it. Let's, right. I'm on it. I'm, I'm right. riding that wave. <laughs> I'm just letting you know. So even though it may feel like it looks like negativity, sometimes um, motherhood is tougher than people realize. So I'll tell oh, you yes. that. Think yes. of all the women who had to strap their kids to them and keep working. <laughs> you know, like just like, that's one like the day after or the day of giving birth too. <laughs> so right. So uh, yeah, sometimes uh, love doesn't look like you know, happy little butterflies and putting flowers everywhere. It's so. it's that, what are we talking about? We're talking about that righteous anger, that that rightful anger, the, the like, man, you guys are really gonna explode the whole house or something. I have to stop this now out of love, right? That's probably what I think happens. <laughs> right. So... So let's hope that if you uh, are feeling any kind of negative way about it, it's because that scolding is needed. <laughs> right? Yes, the, that's the how I do feel. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, exactly. the maternal, the maternal scolding is needed. So mm -hmm. I'm, I've actually, you know, I'm, I don't want us to feel oppressed. I don't at all, but I also want yeah. everyone to be liberated. So mm -hmm. hopefully we'll find some, balance i think as long as people aren't hurting people uh, at all like i'm not a fan of people hurting people at all even right. emotionally i think um you know as long as we're not doing that you know well i don't mind us being scolded right the mean visceral talk at each other is so demoralizing like we're trying to find truth and people are calling each other names or and it's like no we're just trying to find truth all of us 
and and right. and so um, at least in my community and so uh, the world outside of this you know you go down the street and there's people fighting in the stores so it's our it, it's us people that are kind of seeing that this is happening and we're we're we probably are changing things for the better by just being well, kinder and continuing to try to serve right exactly <laughs> well thank you for your service Thank you for coming and talking to me today. And thank you for giving me some things to think about and hopefully our listeners too. Um, and again, can you just say one more time where they can find you? Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me on uh, YouTube, uh, TikTok, Instagram. Um, I try to leave everything open. If you want to in-depth look at me, you can just look at my Facebook and find every tidbit about me. I don't care. Okay, guys, if you want to find Anthony Ross Kennedy, you can look in the description also for those links. Um, definitely would encourage you to engage if you're interested in some of the things we talked about. It sounds like Anthony has a lot to ponder and a lot of things to share. So thank you again, Anthony. And to everyone who was listening, this is Deb from Deb's Data Dojo, part of the Calling All Beings podcast network. You can find me on YouTube with Calling All Beings, or you can find me all over the place on social media with at Study of UAPs. You can also find me at ufoconnector.com and, of course, um, with UAP Medical Coalition. And, uh, you know, you can reach me on LinkedIn, Twitter, so on and so forth. So everyone, take care and have a good night.